church, I don't know what this service holds in store tonight. But I know what my God is capable of. I know that in this present, there's no demon of hell that can hold you. I know there's no spirit of depression that can bind you. There's no sickness that won't be healed. If we'll just step into this presence and recognize who it is amongst us, recognize who it is you're feeling, there's no reason that every single one of us should not walk out of here in victory tonight. Because victory is in the building. Freedom is in the building. Our God is in the building. His bride is in the building. And there's no devil of hell that should be able to stand tonight. If we will step into the moment, recognize it as a predestinated time. I didn't just show up at church on a Wednesday night, but this moment was seen before the foundation of the world. This is the day of deliverance. Today is the day of salvation. This is my moment for my need, and I'm going to grab a hold of it. Grab a hold of something tonight. Grab a hold of something real. Don't leave the same. He's here tonight. He's here to meet your need. Let's go to him in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I don't know, Lord, what all you have in store. But Lord God, I know, I know one thing that you don't come by a place, you don't come to meet with the people, Lord, for no reason. Lord, when you show up, you show up, Lord God, with intentions in mind to defeat every devil, to lift up your people into a place they've never been before. Lord, you come to lift up the downtrodden. Lord, you've come to set free those that are bound. Lord God, you've come to bring victory in the house of God tonight. I believe that with all my heart, and I'm here, Lord God, saying, just pour it out on me. Lord God, give me that which is mine, Lord God, that portion that you set aside for me. I'm here to claim it tonight, Lord. Lord God, have your way, Father. Lord God, I stand here before you, Lord God, completely helpless. Lord God, needing you to come now, Lord God, and take complete control. Lord, anoint my lips, Lord, not just my lips, but anoint the ear of the hearer, Father. Lord God, that the word of God, Lord, exactly the message that you intended to be heard will be heard down in the hearts of men and women tonight, Lord. I ask you now, Lord God, to take control, take preeminence, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for the wonderful presence we have here amongst us. Lord God, may we never take it for granted. Lord God, may we enjoy every minute of it, Lord God, and give you the praise and glory and honor that you deserve while you're in our midst, Father. We love you now, Lord. We give you this service, Lord, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, if you would turn with me to John 4. John 4, verse 31. Thank you, Jesus. It says, In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus saith unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Also, if you'll turn to 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. It says, for all the promises of God in him are yea. And in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Now he which establishes us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God, 
who hath also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit into our hearts. May God bless his word. You may be seated. We know tonight, church, that we are in a war. We can see on every hand raging all around us. You can see that Satan is on the rampage. He works in governments. He works in schools. He works in churches. He works through Hollywood. And it seems to me that there's more widespread evil upon the face of the earth now than there's ever been at any other point in history. And we know that the word would promise us, though, that when we see this all around us, when it seems that the enemy has come in like a flood, and it seems like we're completely surrounded, that in those times the, the word promised that he would raise up a standard against that. So what we have to understand tonight is it's not just evil that is at an all-time high. It's not just evil that has reached its zenith. But the Lord our God has raised up a standard against that thing. Our God in this day has ripped the seals off the book. He has brought a people back into their homeland. And he has raised them up. So today it's not just the tree of knowledge and of evil that has reached its height. But both trees have reached their maturity. And he's given us a power and he's given us an anointing not just to withstand the enemy. Not just fight against the enemy. But he's given us the power and anointing to completely destroy the enemy. And to completely destroy the works of the devil. Many times it seems to me that we tend to focus on, on, on how evil things are. On how there's people in this world that have completely given themselves over to the devil and we see it manifested in their lives and there's this going on and we're inundated with negative information but I like to choose to focus on the fact that there's also a people that have given themselves over 100% to the word of God. There is a people that has sold out their lives to the word of God and they're walking in power they're walking in faith and they're walking anointed by the very same pillar of fire that anointed Jesus when he was here upon the earth. They're conquering the same way that he conquered. They're living the same way that he lived and the demons of hell are subject to them in the exact same way that they were subject to our Lord. The prophet would compare these two powers and he would say, if a man who has completely given himself over to the power of the devil can, can have three or four times his strength and he can break this and do that and act in a way, what about a man or woman who has completely given himself over to the power of the Holy Ghost? A man or woman that operates in that, he's sure, Satan holds millions of people captive. Sure, he has his sway over them. But, but our God with a man or woman in his complete control that man or woman will break every chain they will break every fetter they will conquer every demon and every of, of hell that is set before them in this day they will destroy the strongholds of the enemy because here's the reason why it's not you but greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So the world has given themselves over to their master. The world has given themselves over 100% to their God. But our God, the God we serve, the God who's made manifest in our lives, is greater than their God. So I'm not concerned about when I have to face an enemy. I'm not concerned about the demons that surround because greater is he that's in me. I have more power than that enemy has. Amen. Listen, we have been anointed to finish. Last time we looked at this, this thought through, through the angle of endurance, on, on holding on to the end and of finishing strong, no matter how tired we got, we, we said that there was refreshing from the presence of the Lord, and there was a, there was a second wind, as it were, and, and we knew that we would make it to the end because we'd been called for such a time as this. But tonight, I, I want to continue that thought and entitle it, Anointed to Finish, She is Him. Anointed to finish, she is him. Jesus told us in his opening scripture, in our opening scripture tonight in John 4, he told us his purpose. He said to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. 
And to me, that's my attitude tonight. I believe that's the attitude of the bride of Christ around the world. I believe that's your attitude sitting here tonight. You want to do the will of God. Lord, whatever it is you would have me to do, wherever it is you would send me to go, Lord, I'm not going to question your will, but I'm going to walk in that will. And by so doing, I will also finish the works that you have set before me to finish. I'm not going to be haphazard. I'm not going to take it lightly. I'm not going to look at our surroundings and where we are and go, well, maybe if I do this. No, I'm going to sell out completely to the works that I know the bride of Christ is called to finish in this day. We must finish the works that are set before us. I don't want to leave anything undone. I don't want to leave any promises unclaimed. I don't want to leave any devil that's undefeated. And I have full confidence tonight that we're going to reach that goal because it is the will of the Father. Amen. Listen, I believe the bride of Christ is leaving here a victorious group. I don't believe we're going in halfway, limping, almost defeated by the skin of our teeth. But I believe every devil is going to be under our feet. I believe every enemy conquered. I believe every single promise fulfilled. We've come to a place and we come to the time of the finishing up of all things. And we know we're at the end of the race. And we know that with that, there's a great responsibility upon us. You know, as we talked last time about being the last leg, about being the closer, or being a finisher, it's a special charge. It's a special assignment. You're the last ones on the field. You're at the very end of the line. And when you're placed at a certain spot, I don't care if you're in the military, I don't care if it's at at work or on your job or wherever you are, no matter what you do, when you're placed at a certain spot, that spot or that position comes with a certain responsibility. It it comes with something that that you're supposed to do, and it comes with a certain purpose. You're not there for no reason. And you're anointed tonight for this time and this place and for the purpose that God has set before you. And we have no choice but, but to finish the job. And here's why. Church, we are the end of the line. There's not another group of people coming. There's not another church age to come. We we can't procrastinate and just just put off until the next age. We can't look at it and go, one day the rapture is going to come. No, you are the people that has to go and take the rapture. You are going to take the rapture. Think about that. You're going to grab hold to it. You're going to say that promise is mine, and you're going to take the rapture. You're the people that's going to have to do that. There's nobody else coming to fulfill that. We don't have the option of allowing others to finish for us. All the ages before us left things undone. They left promises unfulfilled or word unfulfilled, and it's because they operated underneath a portion. They operated with gifts, and they operated with manifestations of the, of the Spirit and things like that, and they were from God. But it was not the fullness that you and I operate under today. They operated underneath portions, and because of that, there was always something more to come. There was always something more to come. But I'm telling you today, there's nothing more to come. It has come. The seals have been ripped off the book. You're back in your homeland. You've been given everything you have need of. Even the rapture is within you now. It's all here. There's nothing more to come. But there's got to be somebody that says, I'm going to take it. I'm going to lay hold of it. It's mine. It's my promise. There's not any more. There's not another message to come. There's not another prophet to come. There's not another people to come. You are the people. You are underneath the message that finished up all things. Revelation 10, 7 would say, In the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished. So underneath this message, you are anointed to finish because it is the finishing message. We're at a point where retreat is not an option. 
In other words, when you're in a battle, if, you're, if retreat is an option, when things start going bad, when things turn against you, when things don't go exactly the way you plan, there's a way out. There's an opportunity to escape. Other ages had that, op- that option. Other ages had that opportunity. But our only option, our only way of escape is complete and total victory. Our only option for escape is up. We can't go back. We can't go this way. We can't go that way. But the rapture is our way of escape. He has provided that for us. We're in the moments where retreat is no longer an option because there isn't another day. This is the day. This is the time. And this is the moment that you've been called for. And everyone from all ages is counting on you and I. They're counting on us. That's part of the responsibility that we deal with. And our only way out is a complete, total victory. You are the end of the line. And it reminds me, I have a great love of history and of the Civil War. And I've gone to Gettysburg several times. And I've been there with my dad and with my family. And there's a place there, many of you know of it, called Little Round Top. And Little Round Top was the absolute end of the line. The army was lined up for miles. But where Little Round Top is, it was just rocky hill. This is the end of the line. There's no more Union soldiers that way. Now, you could look this way. You could look back down through the church ages, and you could see there was an army lined up that way. But there was nobody this way. This was the end of the line. And and their commander, uh, Colonel Chamberlain, was told, you cannot retreat from this position. You cannot move from this position. No matter what happens, if the enemy comes around and they flank us, this whole thing caves in. Everything from from the beginning to now will completely cave in and lose lose its purpose. It'll lose its victory. It'll lose everything. You cannot allow them to come around. You have no reinforcements. It's you, your moment, and retreat is not an option. And time after time, After time, the Confederate forces would come up the hill, and there was these epic battles and fights, and and, and we would call them firefights in modern times, not much of a firefight back then. But everybody was shooting and fighting, and it, it was a horrible battle. And towards the end of the day, they told their commander, they said, we have no ammunition left. There's no bullets left. We have to retreat. But see, if retreat had been an option, that would have been their way out. If retreat had been an option, things had gotten difficult, that would have been the time to go. But he thought about it. He said, we can't retreat. We can't fall back. Because if we do, everything caves in. Everything behind us. And so he tells everybody on the line, he says, fix bayonets. Fix your bayonets. Take out the one weapon that we hadn't thought about. Fix it to the end of your rifle. It may seem like you've done everything you can do. It may seem like you've fired everything you have at the enemy. And I'm telling you tonight, fix bayonets. I'm telling you tonight, you have a weapon that you haven't begun to swing yet. You have a weapon that you haven't tapped into yet. And there's nothing better when you get in hand-to-hand combat than a blade. I may not have time to reload my pistol or reload my musket, but if I got a blade in hand-to-hand combat, I will be victorious. And he tells them, fix bayonets. And the next time they begin to come up the hill, they think they've got nothing left. They've got nothing left. And they fired one more time. The whole Confederates, they fired. And, of course, you know when they fired, the smoke would fill the air. And the air is filled with smoke. And they're wondering what's going to happen now. Have they retreated? Have they left? Have they left this position that's so important? And suddenly through the cloud and through the smoke, they hear the command. Screamed out through the smoke, through the death and through the darkness, the command comes, charge! And the enemy's going, charge? They're charging. And downhill they come, 
charging. Now, when they said when the, when, when, when the command was first given, when Chamberlain, Chamberlain yelled charge, the line hesitated. The line hesitated. There was a command given to go and drive the enemy off the hill, but the line hesitated. But there was one man. There was one, one man named Lieutenant Melcher, and to read the writings of it, it was, it was so awesome and, and, and moving. It says he looked, and as the line failed to move, he sprang out in front of everyone a full 10 meters in front of the whole line with his saber drawn. They said it was glistening in the sun, and he runs down the hill, and upon seeing him go, it so inspired everyone around him, and they begin to follow him down the hill. I'm telling you tonight, I don't care if the people around you have hesitated. I don't care if the people around you aren't moving. There has been a command given to drive the enemy off the hill, to push them back off the rocks. Retreat is not an option. Somebody's going to spring to the front. Somebody's going to draw their sword and say, follow me. I'll charge for my family. I'll charge for my children. I'll charge for my joy. I'll charge for my peace. And they charged down the hill and they routed them. They drove them off. It's one of the most famous, memorable charges. And they were out of ammunition. But retreat is not an option. Some of you need to draw your sword tonight. Some of you need to pull the sword from its, from its sheath tonight. It's been there so long that it's stuck. And you're not used to drawing the sword. You need to pull it. And you need to charge down the hill and fight for what has been promised you. It's too late to sit here waiting. It's too late to sit here, too late to sit here hoping. Because we're at the end. It's time you must take your stand now or you will never take your stand. Stand upon the word. Stand upon that rocky hill and say, I will not be driven back. See, the thing is, the whole time, the reason they could do that is they were standing on good ground. In the military, if you had the high ground, it was always considered good ground. You always had the ability to charge downhill, and you always made the enemy fight uphill. And Satan feels like he's got you trapped. He feels like he's got you drawn out in the open, as it were, because you're in Laodicea. You're in his Eden, as it were. But I'm telling you tonight, you're standing on good ground. You're standing on good ground. As long as you stand on that on good ground, you got the high ground. As long as you're standing on the high ground, you can face every enemy. You can face every obstacle, and nothing can touch you as long as you fight him on the ground of your choosing. Now, don't let him step out here and fight out here on his ground, or surely you will be defeated. But as long as you're on good ground, no devil can take you. No devil can conquer you. Fight on the ground that God has provided you to fight on. We must finish strong. There are many great examples in the scripture of how, of how we're to fight and how we're to finish. Men like David, who under his anointing went out to fight Goliath with 100% confidence in the anointing that he'd been given. It didn't matter what the devil said to him. See, too many times we worry about what the devil says. The devil will say all kind of stuff to you. You're not going to make it. Your kids aren't going to make it. You're going to die. Oh, that ache you got, that's cancer. Oh, you're never going to be healed of your depression. You're going to be in the... And he says all this stuff, and too many times we actually listen to it instead of the promises and the anointing that we've been given. David was anointed not just by old, but by a word that said he was going to be the king. You've been anointed that you are going to sit on the throne with the king. And so what the devil tells you about that doesn't matter a lick. If you look in 1 Samuel 17, 44, it says, And the Philistines said to David, Come to me, and I will give the flesh, thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beast of the field. Now, a lot of us would have been like, You're gonna, Oh, I'm out. Because of what the devil said. Because of what the enemy said. But to David, that was nothing. That went in one ear and it came out another. He wasn't even listening to what he said because he had a covenant. He had a promise that he was standing on. Now look, notice the difference between the two. First he says, Goliath says, I will give thy flesh. He doesn't mention a God. 
He doesn't mention any kind of deity, but it's all within himself. This is what I'm going to do. And if you ever get to the position where that's what you're standing on and that's what you're trusting in, you're going to meet the same end. Because look down two verses in verse 46 and look at the way David says it. He says, this day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand. And I will smite thee and take thy head from thee. And I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. He took zero glory for what was about to happen. His trust was totally in this day. Here's what the Lord is going to do. And I'll tell you, sometimes you need to tell the enemy this day, here's what the Lord is going to do in my life. Here's what he's going to do to you. He took no glory for it. He said, this is what the Lord's going to do. But notice, he had the victory, but David still had to go fight Goliath. You still have to step into the role to grab a hold of what it is God has provided for you. He still had to step into his part to obtain what God had provided. Yes, God has provided healing for you, but you've got to stand on it. You've got to face that enemy. Yes, God has provided salvation for your children. The promise is that they will be there and their offspring with you. But you've got to stand on that promise. You, you have to stand and do, and do your part. We recognize that it's the Lord who gives us the victory, but we have a part to play. And what I love is David put the victory into words before it ever happened. David spoke what was going to happen. In other words, if you say to this mountain, be thou removed. If you say, if you put it into the spoken word and make it something that has to be fulfilled, then the enemy stands no chance against you. He spoke that he would take his head off. He wasn't satisfied with the fact that Goliath had fallen down. He wasn't satisfied that he had gone out there and done something that nobody else in the army would do. So I knocked him down. But the problem is sometimes when you knock people down, they could get back up. I know Goliath was dead when he hit the ground, but he had said, I will take your head off. And he was anointed to finish the job. See, David was a finisher. So what, what was it that sent the Philistines running? The Bible doesn't say, and the rock hit him, and he fell, and they ran. What was it that gave the Israelites courage? The Bible doesn't say they saw him hit the rock, and he fell to his knees and fell down, and the Israelites were overcome with courage, and they charged into the valley and slaughtered the Philistines. That, that's not what it says. But David had spoke under an anointing for a specific, ta a specific task. And it had come to pass. And when the spoken word on a man's lips had been put in action and had been manifested and had been fulfilled, that raised up the courage in the Israelites. That caused the Philistines to become afraid when they saw the spoken word being manifested. It says in 1 Samuel 17, 51, Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion dead, they fled. And the men of Israel and of Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines. Some of us need to speak to our enemy tonight. Some of us need to let him know what it is that's about to happen. Satan, this day I will take your head off. This day you will torment me no more. This day I will not put up with your words in my ears. I'm not going to put up with you holding my children anymore. I will be tormented no more. I will be victorious over you this day. And let him know exactly what's going to happen. You will torment me no more. But don't just stop because you knocked the devil back. Don't just stop because you landed a blow. Finish the job. You've been anointed to finish him. You've been anointed to go all the way. Draw the sword and take his head clean off his shoulders. Finish the job. You're anointed to finish. Men like Joshua 
anointed for their time. Sure, the, the fullness of, of Christ had not come yet, but these men were still anointed uh, for, for their day and for the job that they were anointed for. And, and they had the mentality and they had the character to finish whatever they started, to finish whatever promise God had laid before them, whatever they were anointed to do. Joshua was given a promise in, in Joshua 10.8. It says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear them not, for I have delivered them into thine hand. There shall not be a man of them stand before thee. So here he says, I've given them to you. You are going to destroy them, and not one of them shall stand. So according to the promise, they are all going to be destroyed. According to the promise, every last one of them is going to be defeated and totally destroyed. And that had to happen because it was the word of God. And Joshua wasn't going to let a little bit of circumstance get in between him and the fulfillment of the promise. He wasn't going to let a little bit of darkness get in between him and the fulfillment of the promise. Church, I don't care how dark it is around you. I don't care how dark it is in this age. The word is still the word. The promise is still the promise. And if you'll speak to the darkness, if you'll speak to the circumstance, and say, I've been given a promise and it's going to be fulfilled, the darkness will flee from you. The circumstances will flee from you because the word is the word no matter what your circumstances are. The word is the word regardless of the darkness that surrounds you. And Joshua wasn't going to let a little bit of darkness rob him of what God had given him. And if I was you, I wouldn't let a little bit of darkness rob you of what God's given you. Speak to it. Say, Lord, I need the light of God to shine down in my daughter's heart. I need the light of God to drive back the darkness in my husband's life. I need the light of your word to come down and shine in my home. I need the sun of righteousness to arise with healing in its wings for my body and watch the darkness flee. Joshua 10, 12. Then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said, in the sight of Israel, sun, stand still upon Gibeon, and thou moon in the valley of Agilon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon the enemies. Is not this written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and hastened not to go down a whole day because Joshua was anointed to finish. He had a promise that he was going to see fulfilled, and you have promises tonight. You have promises of healing. You have promises of a rapture. You have promises of your children. You have promises of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the circumstances around those things cannot hinder you. If you will stand on the rock, if you'll stand on the good ground when you go to fight for them, if you stand on this ground, you're going to see them fulfilled. And speak the word. Speak the light to stay where it's at. I drive back darkness. I defy darkness to come into this home. The light of the word is going to shine here. The light of the word is going to disperse the darkness and the enemies from our house. And I'm telling you that the light of the word will shine until every promise is fulfilled. I don't care how dark it gets. There will be a light until we rapture. There will be light enough for you to defeat every enemy, to claim every promise, to get a hold of everything you've been given. There will be a light. And I'm telling you now, right now, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine and let those who are around you who are in darkness see. The great thing about the light is when there's light shining out on your promises, no devil can hide there. No squatter can hide in the darkness. No devil can hide on your land and keep your joy from you. And with this light, what Joshua did is he began to finish what God had promised him. Joshua wasn't looking to just drive away the enemy. Here's the thing about enemies that run away. They come back. The thing about enemies that you drive away and they retreat is they regroup, 
they regather, and they come back again, usually stronger than they did the first time. So he wasn't just looking to drive his enemy away and go, I drove them off the land, we are victorious. Just because the, 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 the Amorite kings fled didn't mean victory to Joshua. So what I'm telling you tonight, don't just let your, your, your devils or your spirits or whatever it is tormenting you, just let them run away tonight. Don't just be satisfied with, with driving them away, but use the light of the word tonight to expose where they are and then to hunt down each and every one of them and to put your foot upon their neck and finish the job and slaughter them where they are so that they never come back again. It's just like Saul. The, the David playing the music would drive the evil spirit away, but he wouldn't deal with it, so the spirit would come right back upon him. And so many times what happens is in the preaching of the word, those evil spirits and those tormenting spirits and that depression and that anxiety, it's lifted off of you, and it's driven away, and you feel a little bit of freedom, and you begin to worship, and you're thankful, and you enjoy the service. But then what happens is you don't deal with it. It just hides and waits at the back door, and you pick it up on the way right back out the doors, so you deal with it again on Monday, deal with it again on Tuesday, they bring it back on Wednesday and repeat the process, repeat the process, repeat the process. But I'm telling you, when they run and hide and they hide in that cave and they hide with that stone over the mouth of the cave and the preaching of the word has driven them off of you and the chains have been broken and the anointing has broken the shackles off your life, it's time to say, roll the stone away. Get those five kings out here. Let's line them up right here. Let's put our foot on their neck and let's finish the job. Because that's how Joshua finished. He didn't just let them run away, but he finished the job. Hallelujah. Joshua 10, 25, it says, And Joshua said unto them, 10, 24, I'm going to skip down. It says, Come near, put your feet upon the necks of these kings. And they came near and put their feet upon the necks of them. Next verse, notice, just like David, where he gives credit. And Joshua said unto them, Fear not, nor be dismayed, be strong and of good courage, for thus shall the Lord do to all your enemies against whom you shall fight. I'm telling you tonight here in the midst of Laodicea, fear not, be not dismayed, be of good courage, for so shall the Lord do to all the enemies you fight against. Listen, if God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, what is it that you're worried about? Satan's been proven to be a liar. He's been proven to have no power against our God. He's been proven to have no power over you when you stand on the good ground of the word. Fear not. For God is going to do this to all the enemies you fight. I like verse 26. It says, And afterwards Joshua smote them and slew them and hanged them on five trees. And they were hanging upon the trees until the evening. See, he wasn't ashamed to expose the enemy. So many times well, we're afraid of what people are going to say. We're afraid to step up and expose it so we don't let the light, even though the light's hanging there, we let them hide in the darkness. We're afraid to expose them, and we're, afraid to, and we're afraid to deal with them. But I say tonight, drag them out of the darkness. Drag them into the light and shine the light on him tonight. And then once you've been delivered, once you have victory, once you've shown that your God is mighty and to conquer over all these spirits, and you kill them, display them. Let the world know. Let the church know. Give the testimony. This had me bound, but now look. It'll hang there till dark. That demon right there had me bound, but it's dead now. I took his head off. I finished the job. I didn't just let him run away, but I took his head off of his shoulders. You're anointed to finish the job. And these men in the Old Testament and many others, they were anointed for their day. They were anointed for a job, and, and they would see them through to the end, and yet they still operated under, underneath a portion. 
They, they, they still didn't have the opportunity to operate in the fullness. With, with an, and they still had to operate with an anointing that would come and go. An anointing that couldn't dwell in the hearts of men at the time. But eventually, the Old Testament took on flesh. Eventually, the anointing that was upon Samson, the anointing that was upon Elijah, the anointing that was upon Daniel, the anointing that was upon Joshua, every prophecy, every dream, every shadow, every anointing that had ever been given to any man or woman in the Old Testament, all of a sudden it stood up off the scrolls and it walked into flesh. And out come the greatest anointed one that had ever walked before. Out walked one who was the greatest finisher that had ever set foot on the, on the face of the earth. And, and never before had there been a finisher quite like him. And he knew why he was here. He knew what it was that he was here to do. He knew what his job was. He said, I'm here to do the will of the Father. And I'm here to do his works. It says, he says, excuse me. He says he knew why he was here. And just like you, here's what Jesus knew. I told you at the beginning, why can't we retreat? Because there's no one else coming. And Jesus knew there's nobody else that can do what I'm here to do. There's nobody else's blood that can set them free like mine can. There's nobody else coming to break the hold of sin. There's nobody else coming that can deliver them from the darkness that's upon the earth. There's nobody else coming whose stripes can heal them. I cannot retreat. I cannot quit. He said, I must finish. He knew he was the only one coming. There was going to be no one else coming that could do what he was going to do. And, and we've gone through it before, the meanings of the word finish. The thing is, Jesus fulfilled all the meanings of the word finish. Finish can mean to complete. It can mean to achieve. It can mean to fulfill. It can mean to be made perfect. But it can also mean, finish can mean consume, destroy, ruined, defeated, and devastated. And our Lord did all of these. He achieved victory over Satan. He fulfilled all the word about him. He perfected us through his blood. He consumed sickness. He destroyed sin. He ruined hell. He defeated death. And he devastated Satan's kingdom forever. Glory to God. What a finisher. What a finisher. None before him could finish. David was anointed to finish a Goliath. But he couldn't withstand Bathsheba. Samson was anointed to tear down the gates and carry them up to the top of the hill, but, but he, couldn't, he couldn't withstand Delilah. There was weaknesses in their anointing, but never before had one come that was so anointed. 1 John 3, 8, he that committed sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Listen, this, just, this wasn't just a prophet. Never had one walked like this before. Never had one talked like this before. Satan would examine him, and never before had he encountered a man that he could find no weakness. Never before, when he tempted him like this, he overcame it. When he tempted him from this side, he overcame it. When he tempted him with the easy way out, he overcame it. He didn't want the easy way out. He was here to finish the job. He was here to destroy the works of the devil. Why? Why was he willing to do it? For you. He was here to tear down Satan's kingdom in your life. Take away the grip of sin off your life. The curse of sickness off your life. He was willing to lay it all down for you. My, what a savior. My, what a finisher. And he would not turn back no matter what he faced. Satan could find no weakness in him because the fullness had come. This wasn't a portion anymore. It was the fullness. He was anointed for more than killing a giant. He was anointed for more than carrying the gates up on top of the hill. He was anointed for more than, than destroying the prophets of Baal. He was anointed to be the very Messiah. 
He was anointed to tear down Satan's kingdom. He was anointed to be about Father's business. And everywhere he went, the sick were healed. Everywhere he went, the bound were delivered. The downtrodden were lifted up. Everywhere he went, he was about Father's business. And he was about tearing down Satan's kingdom. There was no greater finishing anointing was ever upon a man. Time and time again, we hear it in the scripture. He's the author and finisher of our faith. The one who has begun the good work in you will finish it. I have finished the work that thou gavest me to do. And imagine for just a minute. Imagine how hard it was for him to finish. Think about it. Imagine knowing what you were going to go through. Imagine having been told exactly what was going to happen to you. Imagine knowing you didn't have to go through it. Imagine knowing that at any minute, there's angels all around that can deliver me. At any minute, I can come down off this cross. Brother Branham said he set his eyes to Calvary. He set his eyes on what he was sent here to do. He knew why he was here, and he was a finisher. He wouldn't stop. He wouldn't turn back. Brother Branham describes it so beautifully in Blind Bartimaeus. He says, there Jesus facing up that road. A road that you and I tonight, all of us are guilty of sending him up that road. On his mind, he knew that he was going to Calvary up that road. On that road, he knew he was going to Gethsemane. He was going to Pilate's judgment hall. He was going to be beaten, mocked. And then his great gifts of God was to be put at trial. Going to put a rag around his head and smack him on the head and say, Now if you know all what's in the people's hearts and minds, tell me who hit you. All those things faced him. A quivering, bitter death, bitter death he had to face. He knew also hanging in his mind there that he was going to have his hands placed around a pole, his clothes stripped off of him, lashes that would burn plumb into the bone was going around him, and his blood would bathe his sides and a cruel thorn crown would be placed on his head, and he'd be nailed to a cross and hang there, bleeding, bleeding, dying as the most bloody sacrifice was ever offered in the world. And all of that confronting him, and he kept walking. He didn't care what he had to face. He didn't care what anybody said. He didn't care what the naysayers said. He didn't care what the demons were howling. He had one thing on his mind. Finish it. Finish it. It was all he thought about. It consumed him. I must finish I must finish. There's nobody else coming. There's nobody else coming. I'm their only hope. I'm the only chance they have. I must finish. Let that start begin to beat in your heart tonight. As you say, I must finish. My children are out there. I must finish. There's a rapture I'm going to take. I must finish finish. I don't care. Satan's all around me. There's darkness everywhere. It's getting harder and harder, but I must finish. He was consumed with it. And I tell you tonight, church, I must finish the race that I've been given, the works that I've been given to do. And it beat within him. It beat within him and it echoed within him until those great mighty words echoed down through the halls of eternity. It is finished. 
It had been welling up within him, welling up within him. And now he was, it escaped him in his last breaths. It is finished. How wonderful it is to think when I see him tearing up Satan's kingdom that he finished it. When I see him in victory, when I see death, hell, and the grave completely conquered, finished. How wonderful to know that I'm looking in a mirror. How wonderful to know that I'm looking at what I'm going to do. How awesome is it to know that every victory I see him win, every enemy that I see him conquer, it gets me a little bit more excited because I know I have a promise. In John 14, 12, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than he do shall, shall he do, because I go unto the Father. I know that I will conquer the way he conquered. I know I will overcome the way he overcame. I know that I will defeat Satan every place I meet him him the same way he defeated Satan every way he met him and I know that I will finish the way he finished he didn't go down in defeat he didn't go down with a battle loss he went down in victory brother Branham said I've never seen him come into a battle that he didn't leave packing the victory I'm telling you the same thing can be said for the bride of Christ tonight you will never enter a battle that you will not leave packing the victory because you are called to finish the works of the enemy that's why you've been sent here to finish the job. Church, where are we at tonight? Who are we tonight? I'll let the prophet answer that for you. And as he, being the groom, the bride has to come forth because it's part of him. And it can only be the manifestation of the fulfilling of all the revelations any others has spoke of the bride. It can only manifest if it does something different from the groom. It isn't the bride. Because she is flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone, life of his life, power of his power. She is him. Church, that is, that's shouting grounds right there. When I tell you tonight, when, you, when the devil comes and says, you can't make it, you can say, of course I can. Look what my match piece did. My match piece walked up to the hill called Calvary. He tore your kingdom apart. He defeated you, and I'm here to do exactly what he did. I'm bone of his bone. I'm flesh of his flesh. I have the same power, the same anointing. I am your worst nightmare. I'm back. I'm back. Hallelujah. We're back tonight, and we've got a deed. We've got a deed. We're back tonight, church. Hallelujah. I'm bone of his bone. I'm flesh of his flesh. Oh, look, it's no longer in portions. It's no longer in little parts. Like down through the church ages, under Luther and under Wesley, they couldn't finish. They couldn't fulfill the Great Commission. They couldn't fulfill John 14, 12. Sure, there were anointed men and they did great works of God. But the greater part in John 14, 12 finds its fulfillment in the fullness of his coming. In the fullness of the manifestation of the Son of Man ministry, the greater part finds its fulfillment in the third pool. It finds its place in only, only where we are in the bride age. The ages before that could not fulfill John 14, 12. So, so how can we do the works of Christ unless the fullness of the anointing of Christ be upon us? Time after time, Brother Brandon would put John 14, 12 with scriptures that were for the last day, such as 
He says, remember what time is it, sir? How many ever heard it? Say amen. Was it exactly right? Then we've got the revelation of this last days for the message of the Lord God to gather his bride together. No other age has it been promised. It's promised in this age, Malachi 4, Luke 17, 30, St. John 14, 12, and Joel 2, 38. Now we believe that the hour has come, this is another place, that St. John 14, 12 must be fulfilled. We believe that Malachi 4 must be fulfilled. We believe that Luke 17, 30 must be fulfilled. We believe that all these prophecies that he said would come to pass in this day, we believe they must be fulfilled, and we believe we're seeing them fulfilled right now. Why now? Because this is the Omega Church. Why now? Because the root has put off another vine. And it's taken us back to where we're writing another chapter to the book of Acts. We're writing another book of Acts. This is the manifestation of the sons of God. This is what the whole earth has been groaning for. This is the age of the spoken word. Brother Brown would say, no leaven among you. That brings the entire fullness of the Godhead bodily among you. Couldn't do it in Luther's age. Couldn't do it in Wesley's age. Couldn't do it in the Pentecostal age. But in the day when the Son of Man will be manifested, revealed, brought back the church together with the entire deity of God amongst his people, showing the same visible signs, manifesting himself like he did at the beginning when he was manifested on the earth in the form of a prophet God, O oh, glory. Church, when are we going to quit operating beneath our privileges? When are we going to quit operating like peasants? When are we going to step up and realize that everything in the kingdom of God is yours? All the power you need is yours. All the victory you need is yours. If there's peace, it's yours. If there's joy, it's yours. And if there's a demon keeping you from having it, you have the authority to drive him off your land. You don't have to walk around defeated, walk around in the mully grubs. You have no reason to be that way. If there's anybody on the face of the earth that has reason to be happy, it's you. If there's anybody who has reason to have victory, it's you. You know who you are. You know what you have access to, but you got to use it you got to begin to operate in the fullness not underneath a portion many of us are operating as if we live in a different time but you got to begin operating in accordance to the time in which you live speak the word we have the same power same anointing his flesh on earth again listen that's what shakes the devil's kingdom not some message theology, not some terminology. He can talk the message circles around you. He knows the message better than most of us ever will, but the power of the message, the message in flesh, will scatter every demon that you ever come in contact with. Satan cannot stand before a man or woman operating in the fullness of the manifestation of the Son of Man ministry. He can't stand there. He doesn't want any of that. Matter of fact, when you wake up in the morning and your feet hit the floor, he's trembling. Some of us, we know that the, 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 the scripture, Brother Brown would tell us, when the weakest Christian gets on his knees, it makes the devil tremble. I'm telling you, if you are operating at full speed, when you wake up, when your eyes come open, he says, oh no, he woke up again. I was hoping he'd just go peacefully in the night. He don't want to see you wake up because he knows he cannot stand before you. Brother Branham would say Jesus was so anointed that he was more than a prophet. Jesus was so anointed until he was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He was God. Then he would say in Genesis 1.26, when God made man, he made him a God. 
Because he gave him a dominion. He had rulership. He was a ruler, anointed a ruler, because he was in the likeness and the image of God with an earthly domain. That's why the Bible says the earth is groaning, crying, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. The word is waiting for the man to come back to his right estate. I believe with all my heart that I'm looking at men and women who have come back to their right estate. I believe that I'm looking at, at men and women who have been restored back and are taking back the dominion that rightfully belongs to them. Listen, it never was Satan's dominion. You never did belong to the devil. This earth never was Satan's to destroy. Your children never did belong to the devil. Your health does not belong to the devil. Your joy, your peace, your promises, they're not the devil's to have. It always was your dominion. And Satan was just a squatter on them for a while. But at Calvary, he was stripped of all power and all the redemption promises of God were placed back into the hands of the believer they're in your hands tonight and if you recognize it it's your dominion to control it's your dominion to have authority over you have the authority over every over every demon and you are to operate in that authority operate in power take the spoken word and put it on your lips and if you believe it when you do that it's the same as deity speaking if you believe it when you do that. Pe people want to say that the, the days of miracles is past. Uh, you know, how is that even possible? This is the day of miracles. Yeah. These are the days of the fullness. These are the, the days of the manifestation of the Son of God. If there ever was a time, if there ever was a day of miracles, you're living in it. To say it was past, Brother Branham would hit that thing over and over and over again and fight against that spirit. And then people want to turn right around and strip us of it and say only Brother Branham could do it. Only Brother Branham could do the greater works. And yet I can show you where Brother Branham said that you can do the greater works. And what that is, is that's just a lying spirit that gets so sick and tired of people going around tearing down his kingdom. They get so sick and tired of always being on his back. He's tried to devise some kind of scheme to get you to back off a little bit. So if he can convince you that you can't do it, that's the only chance he has. Because when you recognize you have the power of the spoken word, when you recognize that not only can you do the greater works, but you were called to do the greater works, that demon of hell stands no chance against you. And he's so sick and tired of this one speaking this and speaking healing and speaking deliverance and speaking salvation and speaking victory. He's sick and tired of it and he's trying to get you off his back. So he goes... You know only the prophet could do that. Well, really? Because I've been doing it for years now. Somebody forgot to tell me. Somebody forgot to inform me the other day when I laid hands on the sick and they recovered. Somebody forgot to tell me when families come up and pray for their daddy and he comes back to the altar. Somebody forgot to tell me that the power of the spoken word is in the bride because I've seen it operating for too long. You've come too late to tell me now because we're living in it. We're walking in it. And there's a people coming back to their rightful dominion. You can speak the word. That's not just for a pastor or a prophet. You can speak the word. You have the very same anointing. Hold on for a minute. Buckle up. You have the very same anointing as Jesus Christ. Look here. Luke 4, 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives and recover covering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them which are bruised. The meaning here of anointed 
You can look it up. It's consecrating Jesus to the messianic office and furnishing him with the necessary powers for its administration. Consecrating to the messianic office and furnishing him with the necessary powers for its administration. It's used five times in the New Testament. That's once. Acts 4.17, once again speaking of Jesus. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed. Same word. Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And again, this word is, is reference, references Jesus in Hebrews 1. And when Brother Branham would reference John 4.18, he would say that the anointing that was on Jesus was the greatest anointing that was ever on the earth. The greatest anointing that was ever on the earth. We've read it four times, but there's a fifth time it's used. 2 Corinthians 1 and 21. Now he which establishes us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God. The same exact word used for the anointing upon Jesus is the same exact word used for the, how he has anointed us. No wonder Brother Branham would look at it and say, you are messiahs. No wonder he would look at it and say, he was the messiah. You're the messiah. You have the exact same anointing with the exact same purpose. Brother Branham said, he is messiah. Messiah is the anointed one. And we are his children, which have a lesser anointing. So whereas Jehovah Eagle is great eagle and we're eaglets, he's messiah. And we with the same anointing are messiahs. And we with the same anointing are messiahs. Amen. Anointed messiah means the anointed one. Are you anointed? Amen. What with? The same spirit that he was anointed with, we have it in measure. He has it without measure. He was God manifest in the flesh, and we're sons of God, parts of him. Come on, yes, sir. The very works that I do shall you do also. You say, well, it says it's with measure. Absolutely. I'll take a measure of the same spirit that was on Jesus Christ, and I will tear Satan's kingdom to the ground. You give me a measure of what Jesus Christ is, and I will defeat every devil. I will torment every sickness. I will run every depression out of this building with my portion. But let me tell you what, when you get your portion with my portion, with his portion, with his portion, and we put it all together, that's an awful lot of Jesus here tonight. That's an awful lot of victory in the building tonight. I'm telling you, what devil can stand before that? Hallelujah. Amen. It wasn't so in Luther's age. It wasn't so in Wesley's age. And it wasn't so in the Pentecostal age. Sure, they had a word for their hour. Yes, the Lord did mighty things. But they didn't receive the full inheritance. They didn't drive off every enemy. They couldn't finish the job. They weren't anointed to finish. But you, but you hath he anointed. But you, bone of his bone, but you, flesh of his flesh. He says, and in there, there would be a time come forth when he would express himself in the fullness of his Godhead, deity through his church, have the preeminence in his church. Oh my, what? The anointed man, now the anointed people. 
Oh my, to bring back the anointed bride and the bridegroom, anointed by accepting what Eve turned down, and Adam coming back with the anointing of the word, because he said, my word is spirit. See, anointed with the word, what Eve turned down, notice, what Eve turned down, he comes back. What Eve turned, it doesn't say it, what Eve turned down, he comes back. And we accept bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. Listen, the greatest finisher that ever walked on the face of the earth is back on earth again. The greatest finisher that ever set foot to finish the works of the devil is back on earth again walking. He's walking around Minden, Louisiana. He's walking around in Dallas, Texas. He's walking around in Ohio. He's walking around all over the world. But I'm telling you, the greatest finisher is back. We're back, and we have a deed to every piece of property. Our land is ours. We have the title deed to it. The seals were ripped off of it. It's yours tonight. No squatter can stay. Before in other ages, the squatter says, you can't make me go because you don't have a deed. Well, we're back, and we have the deed now, and now you have to go. You can't stay on my joy. Uh Uh-uh. You can't stay over there either. Nope. I know your way over there, but that's still part of my mountain, and you're going to get Give me my mountain. You got to go. Hallelujah. He can't stay here tonight. The greatest finisher is back. Hallelujah. Give me my mountain. I will have joy. I'm not going to walk around in depression. I will have peace. I'm not just going to concede my children to you. Give them back because we're finishers and we're going to leave nothing undone. I will have every promise. I will have every promise. I will not stop. I can't stop. Why? Because I am the finisher of the ages. That's mighty bold. I'll say it again. I am the finisher of the ages. There's nobody else coming. It's up to me. It's up to you. But we've already done it once. Hallelujah. Listen, others may have left things unclaimed. They may have left promises unclaimed. They may may have left victories unfinished. But we're not going to do that. We're not leaving a hoof behind. Look, it's so evil. It's so dark. Everything around me, I feel the pressure, Brother Aaron. We all do. I feel the pressure. I feel the stress. It's closing in. It's closing. It's the darkest hour ever. It's the most pressured age ever. ever. Listen to what Brother Branham says. Now we find in those hours of real stress, that's usually when the Spirit of God moves in. He let the Hebrew children walk right into the fiery furnace before he ever moved a hand. I like this. But when he moves, he moves. When he moves, he moves. Will somebody in this building tonight let him move on your life? Will somebody in here tonight let him move in your situation, move in your home? Because I'm telling you, it'd make all the difference in the world. When he moves, he moves. He will change your situation in a moment just like that. And you will leave with it totally changed, totally different. Because when he moves, he doesn't just move a little bit. He moves mountains. He moves devils. He moves situations. He moves everything out the way because you have to finish. Oh, he's a mover tonight. If you'll just let him move. Glory. Let him move here tonight. He promised that he would raise a standard when the enemy comes in. 
You are the standard. Oh, I don't know, brother Aaron. I didn't sign up for that. Well, we're here. You're in the battle now whether you want to fight or not. So you might as well load your weapon, step up on top of the good ground, and get ready to fight. Because we're here now. I'll get that later. We're here now. You are the standard. You know, the river Euphrates has let loose millions and millions of demons. And when the waters come in like a flood, when the enemy comes in like a flood. So we know that if all that has been poured into our age, we know that the Lord Jesus has raised up a standard or given us the anointing we need to face every single one of those. Look, you're not just anointed to face a Goliath. Goliath was anointed to face, I mean, David was anointed to face one Goliath. But you've been given the anointing, the very anointing of Jesus Christ, to face every single devil that could possibly be poured out of the river Euphrates into this age. You have the greatest anointing ever on the earth since the time of Jesus, and it's here again. It's on you. It's on this congregation. It's on the bride around the world. The fullness of the Son of Man. Christ on earth again. All the forces of God gathered Versus all the forces of the enemy. And let me tell you something. He doesn't stand a chance. He doesn't stand a chance. He's never won a victory over Jesus Christ. He's never won a victory over a born again son or daughter of the living God. And when all his forces are gathered together against all the forces of God and the great anointings that are here. He doesn't stand a chance. You say, why are they here? They're here for the finish. They're here for the finish, just like you are. We're all going to finish, but we just have a different finish. You see, their finish is their end, but your finish is your beginning. Your finish is the beginning of eternity, the beginning of the glories of God. When you finish, they're finished. When you finish, they're finished. Their finish is their ending. They're wiped out. They're totally destroyed. They're done away with. But you will be shouting on the hills of glory for thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years. Where's that devil at now? Go ahead and tell me I got a pass. I do, but glory to God. Jesus Christ's blood set me free, and now I have a future, and it's way better than yours. My finish is your ending. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Listen, Samuel's message anointed David for an earthly throne. And that anointing signed the death warrant of Goliath. The minute that anointing was poured on David's head, Goliath was a dead man. And the message of today has anointed you to sit on the throne, not just a throne. And I'm telling you, the minute that that anointing was poured out over this bride, it signed the death warrant of every devil in hell. It signed the death warrant of every devil in the river Euphrates. Matter of fact, there's quite a few of them that didn't want to come out. And the devil called them in their high and he said, get out there, boy. Get out there. And he said, no, I know what's going to happen. I saw what Jesus did to you at Calvary. I know what's waiting for me when I get out there. My death warrant has been signed the death warrant of every demon is signed tonight by the anointing that has been poured out upon your life the works that I do shall you do also Jesus didn't just finish we talked about that last time he didn't just barely get there but he finished strong he also finished in the other meaning of the word because in the Old Testament the word finish and the word consume are interchangeable 
Psalms 1837, I have pursued my enemies and overtaken them. Neither did I turn again till they were consumed, finished. Psalm 7113, let them be confounded and consumed, finished, that are adversaries to my soul. Death was consumed. Hell was consumed. Sin was consumed. And now the bride and flesh, the fullness of once again, doing exactly what he did. For this purpose are we manifested that we might destroy the works of the devil. Listen, church, we're here to finish. There's nobody else coming, and it doesn't matter your situation. It, do, it doesn't matter the circumstances that you find yourself in. The evil has all been gathered in this place, and it's all for the finish. And you know, I've heard Brother Tim say before in reference to the prayer line that we had at youth camp, and y'all all remember where the girl was set free of, of, of that, that spirit, that demon that manifested itself. And Brother Tim has told me, he said, I've never seen a demon that manifested itself visually that wasn't about to be cast out. In other words, that's their last move. That's the last thing they got. They've been hiding for so long, they manifest themselves in an attempt to get you to back off. In an attempt to scare you for just for a moment. And that's the last thing they do. Before they're getting ready to be cast out or destroyed. Well, I'm telling you, church, look around. I've never in my life seen so many demons manifesting themselves. I've never in my life seen so many demons visible to the visible eye. They're walking around all around me. And instead of making me afraid, it makes me say, hallelujah, hallelujah. They're getting ready to be cast out. They're getting ready to be cast into the lake of fire. It's their last move. It's the last thing they have. They're sitting here and they're trying to get you to fear. And they're trying to get you to look at all the sin. But they're only manifesting themselves because their time is up. And they're about to be cast into the lake of fire. You're sitting here tonight with a tormenting spirit. You're sitting here tonight with a sickness, with a nervousness or a depression. I say let's finish them tonight. I say you finish them tonight. Listen, I'm going to read a few things. I just want you to bear with me as I read this. Brother Brandon would say you're real nervous for one thing and you have trouble with your head. A head trouble, isn't that right? I see you writing or reading. Isn't your name Amelia? Your address is number one Columbia Avenue, Hartsdale, New York. Your head trouble is finished. You believe? If you can believe, you can be healed. Just have faith. That's all you need. You believe that God would make you well? If you believe it, you can receive it. You can have it. God bless you, sister. Stand up to your feet just a moment. Don't weep. Your throat trouble is finished. It's destroyed it's cast down, it's broken, it's consumed, it's finished. Sir, he heard your prayer just then. Yeah, he really heard it. Hand over your face setting right back there, gray suit on. You're all thrilled about something, but you have arthritis. A, a stomach trouble, too. You've been bothered. Is that right, sir? I see a woman standing by you, gray-headed, wearing glasses. That's just been healed. It's your wife is in this meeting. That's right. Now go home. Your arthritis is finished. Hallelujah. The elderly lady sitting next to her there. She's weeping because the spirit struck her. You were kind of doing that. You helped the lady to understand. I perceive that you're in need too. If the Holy Spirit will tell me what your need is, then will you receive him and believe me to be his prophet? Will you do that? You suffer with heart trouble. That's right. If that's right, raise your hand. Now, I've never seen you in my life. Is that right? I don't know nothing about you, but your heart trouble is finished. 
Church, we came under a finishing message. It didn't come to play games, but it called out demons and it says, you're finished. It called out another demon and said, you're finished. If I had a problem tonight and I had a demon binding me, I would just raise my hands up to God and say, I accept it. I know right now it is finished. He finished the work for you. You're here to manifest that and finish it in real time. He says, look at the angel of the Lord standing there in the corner, right over a man sitting over there. His name? His name is Reverend Mr. Witt. He's from up in Virginia, right? Suffering with a nervous breakdown. If you believe with all your heart, you can go home and be made well. Do you believe it, sir? All right, then. Go home. Get well. Your nervous breakdown is finished. What does it mean? It's ruined. It's doomed. It's bankrupt. It's done for. It's lost. It's gone. It's defeated. It's devastated. It's destroyed. You were anointed to destroy, defeat, uh, devastate every enemy that Satan has brought into this last day. He thinks he's got you. Try this no different from the Red Sea. Come on in, dummy. Come on in. Come on in because this is the day that you are going to be completely finished. A momentary consideration of church history will prove how accurate this thought is. In the dark ages, the word was almost entirely lost to the people, but God sent Luther with the word. The Lutherans spoke for God at the time, but they organized, and again, the pure word was lost. Lost for organization tends toward dogma and creeds and not simple word. They could no longer speak for God. Then God sent Wesley, and he was the voice with the word in his day. The people who took his revelation from God became the living epistles read and known of all men for their generation. When the Methodists fell, God raised up others. And so it has gone on through the years until this last day. There is, another, there is again another people in the land who under their messenger will be the final voice to the final age. There is another people in the land. There is another people in the land at Evening Light Tabernacle tonight. They are not going to fall short. They are not going to quit. They're not operating underneath a portion, but they're operating underneath the fullness, underneath an anointing to finish the very works of the enemy. They are here to tear Satan's kingdom down. Jesus, the greatest finisher of all, set his eyes towards Calvary, and he walked up Calvary's hill, bearing your sin. Bearing your shame to finish the work. And the very last words, the very last words in the Jewish dispensation, the very last words before the veil was torn, the very last words before Satan lost his grip on you. It is finished now in this day bone of his bone flesh of his flesh life of his life power of his power in the Gentile dispensation anointed to finish the very last words before the rapture the very last words before your body change. The very last words before the grave has to give up their dead. This bride is going to throw their head back in a victory yell. It's not going to be a concession. It's not going to be in defeat. But we're going to look Satan in the eyes and we're going to say, It is 
finish. Hallelujah. You're anointed to finish. You're anointed to conquer every hell. I say raise to your feet tonight and name your enemy. Cancer's finished. Depression's finished. Anxiety's finished. The salvation of your children it is finished tonight. Hallelujah. He can't hold us. He is finished. Glory to God. I said glory to God. You are anointed to finish. You're anointed for this moment. You are the final voice to the final age saying exactly what he said. It is finished. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let no devil stand in your way. Let no devil stand before you. You were called to finish and to destroy the works of the enemy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Can you praise the Lord tonight? Can you worship the Lord tonight? He's on the earth again tonight. He's in this building again tonight, and he's here to destroy the works of the enemy, the works of the enemy in your home, the works of the enemy that comes against your life, against your children. He has no power to stand. There is no way I would let my demon or the spirit that's been tormenting me stand at the back door tonight and pick him up on the way back out. But tonight I would drag him into the light. I would say, tonight you torment me no more. Tonight I will take your head off. I would deal with it right now under the finishing anointing of the message that's called you in the manifestation of the sons of God. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. Your word is the truth. Lord God, your word is all powerful. You are our God, Lord, and we worship you and we praise you, Lord, and we thank you, Lord God, tonight. Lord God, that you have allowed us to stand in this moment. Allowed us, Lord God, Lord, the privilege to be on the race, Lord, as it finishes. Lord God, to allow us the privilege to finish the works of God. To be the finisher of the ages. To tear Satan's kingdom down. Lord God, may our lives begin to scream out, it is finished. Lord God, it is the finishing message that you've given us. Not with a power, but with the power of Jesus Christ. Lord, we will stand upon the good ground tonight. We will face every enemy. Lord God, for we know that the shield of faith will quench all the fiery darts. Lord, we love you. Lord, we commit this message into your hands. Lord, we ask, Lord God, that you would just move over the people tonight, Lord God, and let their faith elevate and rise to a place, Lord God, where they can grab hold of every promise. May they leave nothing unfinished, no, no promise unfulfilled, Lord. Satan, you have once again lost the battle. You can't hold a child of God. You're an offense to us. May we remind you tonight, Satan, that you don't even have the keys to your own home. But you have been defeated by Jesus Christ. And once again, you are being defeated and cast down by his bride. Lord, we love you. We give you this service, Lord, in Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Can we worship him tonight, Sam? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's already Hallelujah. done.